Talk Recorded live. Greetings, this is Brother Priest. It's um, radio meeting. Actually, I'm Joe Ryan today. <laughs> um, radio meeting and uh, it's like a lot of problems with the internet. Is anybody else's internet acting up that you notice? Mine is. Is it moving? Huh? Is it moving slow? Yeah, very slow, and then it freezes up or it goes out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the war is on. It really is on, and they... um, like China has been uh, hacking into businesses and taking them over. And I'm talking about multi-million dollar businesses. But um, nonetheless, we're here for the radio today. Uh, Only two of us, so three of us, excuse me. I'm getting four. I'm getting four. I did not understand what ha- what just happened. I couldn't hear. Um, Dave Nubian is on the line. Yeah. Brother. All right. Um. Brother Gabe Nubian, where where are you calling from? Calling through Brother's um, Trub Nose's line. <clears throat> I was having trouble when I was calling in and kept saying um, either wrong code or it's not my uh, it's not the program is not scheduled at this time. I don't know if I called in a little earlier, but give me that recording. Yeah, well, that that was because I couldn't log in. I the, the internet was pausing, and I don't know. Um, it was just taking an unusual amount of time. So okay. anyway, um, the the one thing that we really need to discuss today is um, April twenty first. Oh, man, you know what? I forgot and left the thing on, Ema. Holy Yeah, I had to make a run, and I forgot and left it on. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think I signed off. I don't know if I'm still signed off because I'm in another part of the house. <clears throat> okay, well, good thing um, there's nobody there, so mm-hmm. I off, but. Anyway, um, this today, did anybody see that they released some more information on the death of Prince? Mm-mm. No. I heard I, was, I heard about it, but I, I have not seen it. Well, they're saying that he had some um, drugs that were 
listed in a friend's name to keep his privacy. And that the the drugs were 50 times, I think it was 50 times, either five or 50 times more addictive than heroin. Wow. Wow. Um, So, for me, it seems kind of speculative about why they choose to release that information today when the anniversary of his death is this Friday. But nonetheless, um, I had to make a run. They're talking about it on the radio station um, here in Austin that that information was released. And if you can imagine, it's like if you have anything, heroin is is really supremely addictive in itself. And um, if you can imagine if it's something that's more potent than heroin, then it's why he had an active addiction to it because he was trying to uh, kill the pain that he was experiencing because he was a Jehovah Witness, and they don't don't believe in certain things, such as blood transfusions and things different like that. I don't know what their beliefs are, but this is what I was able to read. So, anyway, we're gonna do we're gonna do this uh, Prince Day on uh, Friday. Trev, did you get any mixes from uh, Brother Kassim? Yes, I have. Um, he, in fact, sent me a mix last night or early early this morning, and I forwarded that to DJ Pro. Okay. The the Prince mix? Or yes. just... Okay. That's, that's a Prince mix tribute to Prince. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brother... Um, Hakeem, we want to make sure that you have it on um, playing during the week. But on Friday, we um, just play all Prince-related music. Now, I did... Uh, uh, some research on this, um, on his discography. And um, I learned a lot that, you know, I grew up like with Prince in a sense because um, he was really, really popular in Detroit before anybody even knew him. He was just really popular. And um, I just happened to know some of the same people he knows. But anyway, because I'm a musician, that's just how it is. But I learned that the Pointer Sisters, Mary Wells, Rebe Jackson, and Latoya Jackson all redid Prince songs, which is phenomenal to me. So um, Macy Gray and Marcus Miller, um, Bart Simpson, uh, he did a Prince song. Rod Stewart, um, just amazing. 
Etta James did Purple Rain. Um, just amazing. Anyway, we want to play any songs that Prince produced, any artists that were his artists, um, any remakes of his songs. Tina Turner did uh, a song by Prince. And it's just crazy. I did I did not know any of this until uh I guess it was Sunday night or I mean maybe Friday night. So that's what we wanna do. We wanna um play any related Prince music. Sheila E, Morris Day, all that kind of stuff. Or anybody else. No vanity or Apollonia, right? Say it again. <laughs> no vanity or Apollonia, right? I didn't even know you were on the line, sister. So that called me. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, we can play Vanity and Apollonia, but you know, it's some of those songs we can't play. You know what I mean? Like some of them are just not. Uh, of good taste, or you know, I mean, I guess they were in better taste in the stuff that's out now, but you know, we don't necessarily want to play Nasty Girl or, um, <laughs> um, you know, Cream and this kind of stuff, Sex Shooter and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't want to play that. We got some other nice songs. I just, I just can't think of any really clean songs that, what did they do? Vanity, I can't think of any clean songs they did. Uh, man, did they have, Makeup, they did a song called Makeup. So we can play that. Apollonia, uh, they did a song called, I don't even know if that's clean, Blue Limousine, I think. I don't know. But anyway, the point is we don't want to play, you know, too risque stuff. Um, but there's other people like The Time, Morris Day, Jimmy Jam, Tim Lewis, all that kind of stuff. So I'm saying if you have any songs that you um, like from any of those artists that are related to Prince, then um, make sure you turn them into uh, DJ Pro. And the other thing is we really want to push that that is coming on Friday. Tune in on Friday. We're going to be playing Prince all day. Prince-related artists, Prince-related music. Um, I found out Prince produced some country music. And I'm, like, shocked. I, I... couldn't even believe it. He he did big band music. He had um, like an orchestra type of big band that he did. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And uh, somebody that I really, when he was here, it's like, okay, Prince is here doing music. Okay, so what? But when he's gone, it's like, wow, I really kind of wish he was still here. Because it's like, man. He was really, really talented, like incredibly 
talented. And uh, we hope to carry that on. But the other thing I want to say is back to the importance of the of this radio station. Listen, the music industry has been middlemanning the people for so long that the artists don't even get it. So I think I might do a recording and talk about this in depth because uh, for Friday because of what Prince accomplished right before he died and some people say well that's the reason he's dead because he he got the rights back to his music but listen to this they actually have the masses of i'm telling you probably 99 percent of musicians and artists don't know the, the business but they believe these illusions that i'm about to explain um first illusion they believe that the record company is a record company. It's really a stock trade, corporate business. It's an industry no different than cars. Okay, but what I mean is the record company is acting as a bank. They are a bank, actually. They're just not a bank that has a physical bank charter and all that, but they are a bank because they loan the money and they, they charge interest sometimes, but they loan it. They put a mortgage on the people's lives. So like in Prince's case, here's what happened. He signed a record deal. He's like 17 or something, and he was the... I think he might have been the first or one of the first to sign a to sign a million dollar uh, record deal. But what happens is, and I know this from experience as well. But what happens is the record company mortgages your life. So imagine your life is equivalent to a house with a mortgage on it, and then. Everything you do creatively actually is owned by the record label. So that is like your um, your monthly payment towards your mortgage, except this goes on every day that you live and breathe. And it's like you're paying back the record company First, before you can get any uh, money for yourself, and where the artist went wrong is they didn't understand that it, it they mortgage your life. So you can't own any of the stuff that you've done until you pay them off and fulfill the contract just like a mortgage. Then they can give you title to your your the stuff you created. Now, had they contracted differently from the beginning, it wouldn't have been like that. They could have had ownership. That's one of the first illusions. Next illusion, they people believe that the record companies manufacture the product. They don't. And I can tell you from experience, because I was signed on, I was signed on to Ichiban Records 
And this is what happened. I was believing that they manufactured this stuff up until 1996 when this happened, okay? We we had a distribution deal, and they, um, they the deal was for manufacturing and distribution. So that meant to me that I thought that they were had a pressing plant in the in the basement or something, and they would press up CDs. Okay, so when we went there to get some um, some promotional product, they gave us boxes of CDs and posters, and on the top, I'm not lying to you, on the top of the box, it was the tape that closes the box. And it said made in Canada. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what the hell is this? They had us drive to the back um, of the record company, go down into a garage, and there were like, uh, just like it was like a shipping, a warehouse. That's what it was. It was a warehouse. So they would have stuff shipped in and they would place the product on a conveyor belt. And we had to pick up the product from a conveyor belt. So they don't even print up the actual CDs. They usually, um, they have somebody, some other company do it. Now, I'm saying they're middlemanning the artist to death. That's one, that's one way you can see it. Meaning, they just, they loan the artist money. They'll go out and pay somebody to actually print, manufacture the CDs and charge it to the artist and then charge their fee for them doing that for the artist or the label that they're representing. Okay, next, it's the same with T-shirts, posters, all of that is the same. They're playing the middleman. But the biggest thing is distribution. So look at this. Let's say, remember back in the day, CDs used to cost $17, $20. Okay. The artists were getting six cents for record for radio airplay. Zero per sale of CDs. So look, if you if it costs you if you sell a, a million CDs, it's only going to cost you a hundred, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. It might even just be ten thousand dollars to to actually pay for them to be printed up and all that. It's not going to cost you a million dollars to make to print up a million CDs. But let's use the the, the large number. Let's say it costs you a million dollars for a million CDs. And they're selling them at $17. So they make approximately $15 million profit off of every $1 million in sales. Now, granted, some of that might be um, taken out of their profit margin because of the artist's um, expenses. But my point is, they they're sitting on around fifteen million dollars or more for every one million dollars, one million sales. Okay. Now here's how they it's supposed to work. If they sell one CD at seventeen dollars, the artist gets nothing for that sale. 
But when you, because they're middlemanning you. Now let's flip it. If the artist goes directly through their own distribution outlets, which means they send their music directly to be sold, back then it was basically record stores, physical record stores. Here's how it will work. The artist walks, I've done this, so this is not theory. The artist takes their CDs to the record stores, tells the record stores, we want to put this on consignment, and we want to sell it for $15 or $17 or whatever. Mr. Record Store, you keep anything over $10. Just give me $10 per sale. Do you all see the difference here? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So the record company was doing that. Something that the artist could do. And they don't know this. This is the importance of what we're talking about. This type of education needs to get particularly to our people so they can rethink their affairs and rethink their, um, you know, what they're doing. Now, Prince did concerts where he sold the concert. When he, got, he started to figure this out towards the end of his life. He did concerts and he put um, his CD with the ticket. He charged for both, the CD and the ticket. So he sold, he charted selling a million CDs, not through record stores, not through the internet, direct to consumer at his concerts. So if he was charging, I don't even know what the cost was, but let's say it's ten million let's say it's ten dollars for the C D and it's what, forty dollars for the ticket. So you pay fifty dollars to go see Prince. Okay, look. He made at least ten million dollars for direct to consumer sales. Because he started to understand where it was going wrong. So, I mean, if you see what I'm saying, the artists believe that the, the, the record company manufactures, which they don't, they play the middleman. They believe that they distribute, which they don't, they play the middleman. And then on top of it, they think that, the, um, that they are getting a, a publishing company when they say that they're going to publish their own music, they get licensed by a third party to publish their music. The, look, does this make sense? Yeah. You, you licensed to publish your own music? No, that part there don't make sense. No. It's crazy. Like, okay, and here's what I mean. Here's where the music industry they keep a tight knit on it and where you will see the lack of education in musicians and artists and record labels. Here's what I'm saying. The book industry, when you would like what Donald Goins, um, those type of guy, iceberg slim, these Negro books, right? Okay. They get a publishing deal from a book publisher. The publisher 
forwards them uh, in advance in money, which is based on their records, I mean, their book sales, right? But the publisher actually publishes the books. That's how it used to be. Now, today, that means, literally, that would mean that the publisher would print them up and put them on the shelves and promote it for people to buy it. That's not what the music industry was doing. They were going to going to a third party to do it for them. Okay. Now today, publishing books, you can do it right through Amazon. You can go directly to Amazon and do it yourself. Even and it was even even more amazing is you can do it through um, those uh, what do you call those things? Those uh, pads with the uh, what do you call that? Well, I don't the ebooks, the ebooks or whatever, right? So you can publish it yourself. The music industry, you could publish your music yourself, but they're all thinking that they have to go through get a license for them to publish their own music. But when you write a book, everybody knows you can publish it yourself and do direct sales through things like Amazon. But the music, the musicians don't know this. Trev, do you follow me? Do you follow what I'm saying? Am I on the line? Anybody hear me? Yes. Hello, yes. Well, well, go ahead. Yes. I'm sorry about that, brother. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'm just at an at an event. I'm I'm uh, I'm totally sorry about that. I just got distracted a little bit. It's all right. Um, go ahead, Ema. Uh, yes, I understand what you're saying. Uh, number one, uh, when you talk about consignment, I had a consignment store back in the 90s, and you know people would bring me, and we pro- all everybody profited from it. You know, I understand that. That's the best way to go in that scenario. And also publishing books. My um, my grandson's girlfriend published a book uh, just recently. She's 21, something like that, called Broke, Bitter, and Better. And uh, so yeah, it's easy. I mean, it's it's out there. It's available available yes but but the musicians think they have to get a license to publish <laughs> like Gabe Nubian does this make sense to you yes sir yes sir it's like people used to do their own tapes on the corner you know real to real and then sell it right out of the truck <laughs> cutting cut out the middle next thing Exactly. You know, that's, how, that's how it goes when we did it in the city, you know, in New York. I know that's probably that's what New York said, didn't it? Yeah. But uh, I get the whole idea with being, being a, you know, being a, a so-called label that, you know, yeah. not, doesn't have a printing press like back in the days, like Motown days and a lot of those companies when they first started, you know, um, had the actual place, you know, even the the radio stations used to have printing presses at certain stations. You know, the, the printing, uh, printing the labels for the records, you know, the low 45s, you know, those machines that actually cut 
and record the, you know, the album. Was it certain? Uh, am I wrong for saying that? I, I could, as far as back as I can remember, that radio stations were acting like for studios, recording studios. Yeah, so hold one, hold tight. Who's who's guest six? Guest five and guest six. Please type in the chat box who you are. Hello, brother. Hey, Ryan. I'm guest five. Okay. I'm guest four. Guess, oh, okay, you're guest four. Okay, who's guest six? Guest six, please type in who you are or we have to kick you out. I don't know. Um, hmm. Could it be Hebrew Slim, brother? Uh, I mean, I guess it could, but be, if they don't tell us who they are, I'm not going to assume that it is. Is uh, Gaspar still showing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't even know how to kick them out of here. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to use... Anyway, here, here's what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm not going to keep us much longer anyway. Um, this is the importance of what we're offering here. Listen, artists, musicians, independent labels need to be heard. And they need an opportunity for direct-to-consumer, direct sales. And if they keep being mentally stuck and trying to play the game by the standards of these corporations, that that's going to forever hinder their, their future. And with the way that these industries are moving now, um, more radio stations are shutting down more record labels or so-called record labels, entertainment companies are shutting down. So it's going to come back around to where the only people that are going to really be able to survive on their art are those who have these types of outlets. They're under these mass illusions. These artists, labels, and musicians are under these mass lies. And the other reason I can say that is because I'm from Detroit. And in Detroit, I was mentioning a couple of weeks ago how there's a submerged recording, which does, they do, do a lot of different types of music, but they do largely electronic music. And they, they do, they'll press up their record and sell it to people directly. They've been doing this for years. Uh, they'll give it out to DJs. I mean, they'll do 12-inch vinyl. Even now, there was a time they stopped doing 12-inch vinyl album records. But they started to do them again. 
direct to consumer, or, or here's the thing on distribution. They distribute record, major record labels were, were saying that they are distribute your record, but what they would do is they would actually get somebody else to manufacture it and then ship it to a distributor. And they call themselves distributing it for the label, for your your art. When they're not, they're charging you. Mm. <laughs> so me being in Detroit, I got a chance to see this from the underground perspective and how these people make so much money and they're not even famous. They're famous in their own world, but they're not like in the mainstream or on, you know, Jay Leno's show or something. But you go to a club and they're in front of tens of thousands of people. Okay, so all these people support these these different art forms. But my point is, these guys, the independent underground music, do the same thing the major labels do, but they do it direct to record store distribution. So imagine if you got thousands of record stores that people go and buy from, and all you do is ship your product directly to those record stores and do consignment. That's what the underground music is doing and have been doing, and that's what the major labels have the people in the fog. Now, they don't give radio airplay to these smaller artists. So this is why we have to get as many artists as we can, continue to get artists, give them this opportunity, and we're going to continue to rise with the music, with the artists. So anybody here, you know, well, I know a few of you, well, let me see, one, two, almost everybody here has some type of musical musical talent. Actually, everybody here does have musical talent. Singing and writing poetry and playing instruments. But anyway, look, this is important. Please retain as much as you can. Think about it. So when you're talking to artists, you got to be able to re-educate them to help them, to help you help them. Anyhow, um, if you have any songs from Prince or Prince-related artists, just assume all the most popular Prince songs we're going to probably already have. But any of the artists, um, if you have any of their songs that you want played on Friday, please get them to to, uh, DJ Pro, and please promote we are going to have a Prince Day on Friday. Pump it out on, on, on the social media. Tell everybody you know. And um, other than that, please let me take a break before this next class. And um, yes, we'll see. Sir. We'll be back next week. Thank you all for being here. Shalom. 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 Shalom.